and we were in a space, or say we went back and teleported 2,000 years to when Jesus was alive, we would stand for the reading of God's word, and we would sit for the musings of man. I think that that's a great picture. Um, I, I, I want to stand for his word, and I sure would love for everybody to sit when you're just hearing my thoughts on things. And, but I'm really excited to, for you to hear Debbie's heart. Um, Debbie has an amazing teaching mind, and so it's a real honor that she would come and not only share teaching, but share her heart with us. Um, so I'm, I'm just thrilled that I get to be here, and I love you so much. I love you so much. Okay. Same on same. I'm overbuilding it, overselling it. Um, okay. <laughs> I have to stand for God's word. I hope that yeah, we're good. That, You're good. Trust me, that won't sit for months. Okay, here we go. Ephesians 3. For this reason, I bow my knees to the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, from whom the whole family in heaven and on earth is named, that he would grant you, according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened with might through his spirit in your inner man, that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the length and width and depth and height to know the love of Christ, which passes knowledge, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Now, to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think, according to the power that works in us, to him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus to all generations forever and ever. Amen. 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 Are you about to muse? Can we sit down? Um, yeah, I'm in for you sitting down. Commence music. We love you, and we love Debbie. And um, right now, I thank you for the way that you have been processing with her and the way that you've been depositing your word inside of her. I love the picture in the Psalms that says, um, Open my mouth, and, and I will open my mouth, and you fill it. And we just thank you that you're going to do that. And we get to be the recipients of your word through Debbie. Let, um, let your heart land in a huge way for us, Lord. We, we come to you to hear from you. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Tell me when I'm on, ladies, DJ. Okay. Okay. I guess I should have been a little more prepared. Am I on? Check, check, my check. Remember the Altadena Middle School teachers on Saturday Night Live? Yeah. Is it too loud? Don't answer that. You answer that. Do you want the lights on or no? No. Okay. It's just sticking. I want to make sure you all see how big my diamond is up there. All right. So I want to talk to you all today about several different things. One of which is how shepherds used to work. And say what? Stick it under your ear. I can't help it. It's that giant diamond. It's right there. There. How's that? That's perfect. Okay. Okay. So I want to tell you all the three ways that shepherds uh, call and control their sheep. One of which is the shepherd's staff, which they would have just found a stick out in the field, and that's what they would use to gently. Look who's here, by the way. (laughs) We can't see. Do you like it? No, I do not like that. I do not. Jesus is not, well, that's for him, but he's like, I don't, I don't need to, you don't need to go any further attention on this one. So, um, one thing they used among three was a shepherd's staff. Thank you, Lace. It's a good try. And uh, they would never use it in a uh, harmful or mean or abusive way. They would just kind of give you a little nudge, like, 
Lara Khan scoot over, you're about to fall off the cliff. And Carrie wants me to tell you all, and I don't know why, that sheep are really dumb. And they are. They're really dumb. I told them. It's true. All right, so that's one thing. The other thing they use is their voice. And Casey and I saw, how many of y'all have been to Israel? I don't, have y'all seen, well, Lil, of course. When you go, you've seen, have y'all seen the shepherds out in the field with a group of sheep? There could be this herd, this herd, this herd, and this herd, and many different people, many different shepherds would be able to yell, and at the same time, each herd would know the sound of their shepherd's voice. So they were controlled by the voice, which is exactly why Jesus says, my sheep will know the sound of my voice. I thought this was crazy because when I watched it, it was six jillion sheep. And a bunch of little girls, because shepherds are girls, usually, little girls, usually. And so they would all yell their little noises, and the people would scatter. I live next door to Cambridge Playground, and there's little sheep of many of yours all over the place over there. And I watch the same thing happen when one teacher will stand and be like, hey, come on, we're out this class, so-and-so's class. And they know the sound of their shepherd's voice. The third thing they use, and these are actually from there, and I didn't—I forgot I had until this morning. I went going through this ratty bag of stuff. I need Casey or Lil to tell me what half of this stuff is, because I mean, there's like something that looks like used up like marijuana leaf. I don't know what it is. It's bad. There's all kinds of stuff. There's like a note on the bag that'll say like, "Ask Casey what the such and such sheath was." I never did. This is a, um, an actual rock from the Valley of Elah. This is a very typical small, smooth stone that David would have leaned down, David being a shepherd, would have leaned down to pick up to control his sheep with. Uh, there were stones all over the riverbed, okay? So this is a typical thing, and without getting into too much Bible nerdery, which I would love to do, but I'm going to control myself for the time, he was from a flock of very famous left-handed people. And this is in scripture. Lefties? Yeah. <laughs> well, there we go. And scene. So they, he was from a very famous group of left-handed shepherds. And one of their gifts was they could, they could throw a rock. The third way a shepherd controls their sheep herd is by throwing a rock. It's never to hurt them. It's just to give them a little nudge like, hey, Debbie, don't say that out loud when you're speaking it away. It won't translate to funny. Please don't talk about marijuana. Please, I mean, it's a constant, like, a little thing. So they would go to the right or to the left, okay? Um, never, in, never in meanness, but just in a little light correction. So those are the three ways that a shepherd would throw their stone. Cut to the story of David and Goliath. What do we know about it? Throw me some information. Anything. Anything you got. Goliath was a giant. Goliath was a giant. David killed the giant. shepherd boy. He was used to smooth stones. He was young. David was probably between 8 and 10 years old. Also known as 9. I don't know why. I have that in my notes from our trip. But it shows you how tired I was on the trip. And just so you know, I was so not paying attention to most of it. But guess who was? This one. And Ray used to do, he asked like, hey, y'all, we're, you know, we're in the... Valley of Kidron and blah blah. Does anyone know what happened to happen here? Remember when the sun stood still and so and so was sucked up to heaven? Does anyone know his name? And I'd be like, I don't even think that's really in the Bible. And this one would be like, Oh yes, sir, that's from Ezekiel 1495. That's, <laughs> his name was Bob. Bob got 
Yes, come on. Should I do some more? No, you're good. You're good. I want people to not hear me. I'm fatiguing quietly. So, cut to David and Goliath. I don't know the story. Goliath is basically saying, You're God. And David is saying, Oh, no, no, no. You are. This is all the Bible in a different translation. My God is awesome. My God's the bomb. My God looks at your problems. My God looks at my problems and says, oh, come on. So David, they try to put, as y'all know, they try to put on him the king's armor. So he comes in to a sword fight dressed properly, and he's ready to take them on. And They're trying to basically make him use a skill that he doesn't have, a protection he doesn't necessarily know how to work with. And um, so David basically kind of looks at him, I love picturing this between eight and 10 year old, also known as nine, leaning down and he just randomly picks up five little stones out of the, out of the crook and here's five of them. And um, picks them up, puts them in his pocket and basically says, I'm gonna use, yes, these are the actual stones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's what we were they saying. Are. Yeah. He left them with a little note that was like, hey, dumb dumb, if you ever have to go talk about this, here's the sign, yeah. the highlighter was on. Um, <laughs> So he, he puts the five stones in his pocket, uses a little sling, which some of them used. I don't know that all of them used. But it wasn't like a big giant sling stone like we would think. It was just the way that they did all day long. Which means David threw his stone as he walked through the paths of righteousness, as he walked the sheep by green pastures, as he walked the sheep to living water, as he walked those sheep with them in the valleys of the shadow of death, which could have meant just danger for them or death. So this deal, nothing. This is like us having an iPhone. Yeah, I got an iPhone. Um, we know what happens. David walks out. He throws one stone. His message is, uh, I'm doing this so that the world will know who my God is, and that my God is the God. He goes out, knocks it out, Knocks Goliath on the head. And I always forget this part. But, th but then he goes over and stomps his foot, yanks it up, and cuts his head off. Mm -hmm. Which all fulfills prophecy from Genesis. And I have no idea where it is right now, but it basically says, I'll cut, the he I'll cut your head off. That's what Jesus says, isn't it? I'm going to cut someone's head off. Right? Um, he does not say that. But he does say, I'll handle evil. I will handle evil. Evil doesn't have a match for me. No one has a match for me. So David's a throne, stone thrower. Um, what does this have to do with me and you? About a year ago, less than a year ago in November, I found myself in my office one morning, got a quick text message, and within seven minutes, I found myself outside with a good friend praying because my job had just been canceled due to financial burdens. Along with several other people, I have no ill will towards this place. I honor them. I love them. They're my friends. And it's actually still my church. And I have no intention to leave. Having said that, my response to all this, and I am someone that deals, used to deal very heavily with depression. I was at Carrie's house the first time I ever took a Prozac and I walked in and I was like, hey, what's up? <laughs> and I was like, I don't, I don't look okay. I'm up, I'm upright. I got makeup on. Uh, but uh, so God healed me of that. I still will deal with off and on anxiety, 
I'm tightly wound. I know that comes as a shock for those of you that might not know me, but I am at all times, pretty much. Um, so I get this text, I find out all in my world, basically all hell is just broken loose. I go downstairs with my sweet friend, Amy Fisher, and we sit out in the columbarium where all good things go to die, including my job that day. And um, we sit down and Amy looks at me and she's just letting me like ramble, just like it's going out of style. And she says, uh, I'm getting this picture, which she'd never give me that. I mean, my friends aren't calling me and telling me, I got a vision, I got a picture. You're a red balloon floating around. I was like, no, that's just my time. Uh, so we sit down and, um, and she says, I've got this picture. I don't know what it is. It's like a, it's you, but you're like a honey dog. And I was like, well, this is, this is. And I said, like, what am I, I mean, like a dead bird in my mouth? What, is it a possum? What is it? And she said, no, no, I'm serious. There's a, you're a honey dog. And you are on point, and you are focusing so hard on this building. And you have shared with me, without going into any detail, that I had had some concerns about some decisions that were possibly being made, and the way those things were affecting me and my faith. So I said, okay, and she said, but that's the vision I have is not just you like being this hunting dog. I have a feeling that today God is picking you up ever so gently by the scruff of your neck, and turning you around, and you're going to face out to the community. You're not going anywhere. And so I said, that is lovely. Does that have uh, insurance <laughs> and CPS possibly could pay a bill or I like water, I'm a fan of cable TV. I don't want to quit the country club, but I will, I guess. So um, I don't really say that. I'm, I'm struck stupid the whole day. I'm in such a deep, sudden grief, and for those of you that don't know me, I deal, I do a lot of pastoral care, so I deal with a lot of people's grief, and I sit in a lot of very raw, real grief with people. It is the way God has wired me. It doesn't freak me out. It doesn't scare me. It's not fun all the time, but if there's something really horrible, I'm not afraid to go to the front door and say, like, okay, well, we've got to do something. Somebody's got to come so I understand grief, and so I knew I was in grieving, but I knew I was also in a state of shock, and that's great. One of my best friends thinks I'm a hunting dog now, whatever, it's cool. That makes her happy for the night. Um, so, dog in the columbarium, check. So that night, I go home. Otherwise, I'm leaving the office. I go upstairs to get my purse, and I have this sign on my wall, Second Timothy, written by our old friend Paul that we've been studying in here. It's 2 Timothy, uh, this is 4, 3 through 5. And it says, as big as day, because I've got it giant and bold. You're going to find that there will be times when people have no stomach for solid teaching, but will fill up on spiritual junk food, catchy opinions that tickle their fancy. They will turn their backs on truth and chase mirages. But you, in all caps, you will keep your eye on what you're doing. You will accept the hard times along with the good, and you will keep my message alive. You will do a thorough job as God's servant. So I was like, okay, well, somebody might want to tell some other people. Can so I got them, I'm like, yes, but really, I felt like it was almost like a general being like, hey, smarty pants, let's put your money where your mouth is. 
Um, put your heart where your mouth is more like. So I go, I don't even know what I did that day. I was on fog all day long. I got home at one point during the night, and these are the four things that were on my Twitter feed. I love Twitter. One of them is by Beth Moore, and it said, we want God to open new doors for us, but when he starts, suddenly starts shutting down some old doors in the process, we are shaken to the core. We are embarrassed, maybe, hurt. One of the best favors God can do to us is ensure that we go forward by making it impossible to go back. <laughs> so I keep going. So like, certainly somebody else says, well, no, you need to be mad. You need to No. Lisa Turkhurst, right after her, said, it's almost like they don't, like Jesus was like, hey, listen, she's freaked out. She's probably going to just get on Twitter and watch some Desperate Housewives. I need y'all to all start. So Lisa Turkhurst says this right after Beth. You're not cast aside. You're set apart. You are being prepared for a high calling. Use this time to grow deep roots, to hold firm for your noble assignment. Shut up, Lisa. <laughs> so I keep going, so I'm like, well, that is a weird coincidence. <laughs> um, next, this is by Jonathan Martin, who Casey had given me the book right after this, but two quotes from him, two tweets, if you will. There is a time to stop repairing old wineskins that needed to burst, to stop trying to resuscitate what needed to die. <laughs> There's a time to say yes to what's next, not what the Holy Spirit once did, but what he is doing here now. Amen. Just like, who is this guy? He's not that. Well, then he backed it up with one more, just in case. The last one that I'm going to read, and he said, I can think of no more miserable vocation than spending your whole life trying to repair old wineskins that God, by the Spirit, intends to burst. Okay, all right, well, I'm going to go with possibly you're maybe trying to tell me you've got something else going on. Um, I mentioned I have some anxiety, so this was not triggering any of that at all. Um, uh, next day, I get a call from, how many of y'all know Linda Marceau? Okay, well, that's all we need to know. Linda. All right. So Blondie, as I call her, is a reverend, and she is a reverend out at Community, Riverside. what is it, Riverside, Riverside. thank you. I only worked for her for 20 years, I don't know, how would I remember that? She was associated with Allen Heights Methodist, and now is a minister out of Riverside, and a good friend. And she's uh, very, I believe, prophetic, very discerning, very loving, very in tune with our community. Uh, has always been a great supporter of mine, and I've always very much appreciated that. She's gotten me into more stuff I did not want to get into than the man on the moon, including the one time real quick that she and someone in the middle row that's in a white vest got me um, to drive them in a U-Haul to go donate a bunch of mission supplies and didn't tell me until we started driving out of the parking lot that, oh, by the way, there's no power steering and it doesn't turn left. I'm sorry. <laughs> we can't drive this because I'm so type A, and they were like, no, it's like, it doesn't turn left. Are we going to do a circle in the methadone parking lot for hours? And they just, just like that. That stone face right there. They, Carrie was about 16 months pregnant. So I was like, well, I hope the hospital's not on the left anywhere. We're not. So we were going to 
the uh, Frank Garrett Center to take them. I don't even know what we were taking them, but we went there by right, by right, by right. And, um, so that's a little lesson. Linda Marceau's got some great plans for me. So I go out on the Cambridge playground, and Ding Dong's out there. Reverend Ding Dong to you, Linda Marceau. She's got Kaki Marceau and uh, Gracie. They both, one of them's lost their pants. Uh, the other one is going to the bathroom as I walk up, and she's standing there, hey, Deb, I lost my keys. And I was like, that's for all I could think is, I don't care. I don't have a job. And she said, tell me what happened. And I give her the rundown, and she said, ah, that's no problem. And I said, okay, married to a lawyer. I'm glad it's no problem for you. And um, she said, no, 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 no. You're the pastor of our community. And I was like, and she said, I'm serious. You're who people go to the bridge between the churches in Temple Bethel and different places. You're the chaplain of our community. You're like a floating pastor. And I was like, great. I'm a floating pastor that doesn't have a paycheck. And she said, oh, no, don't worry. We'll get you a paycheck. Like, that was the last thing she was concerned about. So I said, that's great, Rondi. I'm so happy that you've got this great vision. I, 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 there was a part of me that was super excited, but there was also a part of me in the middle of all this that I'm in deep grief. I am embarrassed because I feel like, and I know now, but at the time I thought, I didn't do something right, even though they said, you did nothing wrong. This is strictly financial, and I believe it. You, I didn't do it well enough, or I didn't do it hard enough, or... I said something somebody's not telling me about, which is always a possibility. <laughs> I'm not surrounded by people that are like, you're the best. Carrie's always like, if there's something, she'll call and be like, hey, this is coming up. Do not comment on this. <laughs> but there's a comment to be made. She's like, huh, not from the community chaplain. There's not. So, um, uh, I have no idea what I was talking about. Linda Marceau, community chaplain. Linda, thank you. Thank you. She's going to create this great position. She's going to call me and she calls the next morning with her husband, and she's like, oh, I got it. But uh, this is no big deal. And she could care. she's as unfazed as the man on the moon. Well, I think you're going to be like a tri-city missionary. And I was like, nope, I don't know what that means, but I can tell you right now, I ain't doing that. Missionaries, nope, I got to not wear Birkenstocks. I'm not asking my people for money. I'm not doing this. Trust me, so I'm operating like this. We're very type A. You tell us what to do. We get it done. We do it on a timely basis. We do it under budget. The end. <laughs> she's like, oh. I think I can get you a grant from the so-and-so foundation. And I was like, that's at the church that has no money. I don't think that's going to work. And she said, ah, Deb. <laughs> okay. So a couple hours later, I get a call from Michael Crocker. Well, I've been talking to him the whole time. And we end up having a cold beer and discussing all kinds of things. And he says, Let's see what's tellable here. Uh, he asks, he's one of my very, very best friends. He asks, number one, if I could possibly lead a choir because there was a possible opening. <laughs> and God bless him, I think he was as serious as the day was long. We both were in tears. He was like, how hard can it be? And I was like, I don't know it can be that hard. I mean, sing loud, sing soft, I don't just sing. Um, so... He's, he's like, I'm in. I'm in. We're going to do something. A couple hours later, get a call from, uh, or a text from Kate Kingman, who I absolutely adore and did not know really well at the time. I've known her my whole life, but this is not someone I would expect to have come out of the woodwork for me. And she said, uh, God woke me up at 4 a.m. this morning. I don't know what's going on with you, but he put you on my heart and said, I'm supposed to get involved and help raise a salary for you. It's like, well, that's weird. <laughs> okay. 
A couple hours later, Cindy Boykin calls and says, we're going to figure something out, which I'm sure she's about to enroll me in the SA Life Academy or something. I don't know what she's <laughs> She's kind of like a, br a brunette version of, of Linda, so I don't know. I'm like, this could go many different ways. When she said, oh, no, 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 no. You're not going behind a desk. We're not, our community can't have you behind a desk. I was like, our community can have me behind a desk. It's just fine. Thank you. I've got a college degree. Speak un poquito Spanish. How bad can this be? Yeah. So all these people are having these visions, right, which are new to me. And I'm like, okay. I'm so happy y'all all have these great visions and your little dreams about what I'm going to do. Do any of them involve me actually being able to pay my bills or continue living where I live? And they all just, oh, yeah, what's the problem? Within, I don't know, an hour, my mom calls and my dad calls. And my dad's in the background and he says, there's some blonde in our front yard. <laughs> Linda. Okay. So Linda goes in and starts pronouncing that I am about to be the chaplain of the entire community and she's going to figure out a way for me to be paid. Mac and Wheezy are where I came from, so they're like, okay, I don't know how this is going to work, but here's a little bit of money. That's all we're giving her. Um, I was so grateful that she did this and it was so funny to be 50 years old and having people go to your parents and me having to really rely on their minds because one of the things that y'all already know, that all of y'all have been through some kind of a grief is, and I tell people, you do not make big life decisions when you're grieving. And I had two very close friends that are not here that kept very specifically telling me, don't you jump on this. And both Christians and wonderful people, don't jump on this. You're, you tell us, don't make big decisions. Your brain's not right. And I was like, yeah, but I'm, I agree with that. My brain is not right. <laughs> That's another show. But my people that I'm surrounding myself, their brains are right. Um, so we started having meetings at my dad's office within the next couple of weeks. And it was kind of a push comes to shut up on, okay, we're going to put this into place. And they hammered it out and said, we're going to create a position that will go through St. Andrews United Methodist Church. You won't be on their staff. But then if people donate money, they get a tax write-off because it's through a church. And Michael's on board with it, and all these people are on board, and people are starting now to come out of the woodwork. And a part of it, I had to deal with a lot of, it wasn't shame, but it was like embarrassing. I was like, God, everybody knows I lost my job. Now I'm basically kind of asking everybody for money to live. And these, the, my little board, which is Cindy, Linda, Michael, Kate Kingman, uh, and Wendy meeting now, kept saying, this isn't about you. This is about something God is doing. And I was like, oh, that's sweet that they're calling it that. That's so sweet. And I kind of didn't believe it. I did and I didn't. Um, I had a couple really strong, I had one person that was incredibly opposed to this um, from a different faith. And I had a lot of Voices that were like, yes, you do that. Caroline was awesome. She helped me write out so much stuff. I would go to her house, and I'd be like, how do you say my name is Debbie? And she's like, okay, um, let's, because my brain is just mush. And um, so uh, they're pushing me, like, we got to know. We got to know. And this is all in a period of, like, three weeks. So we're at the end of November. It's turning December, and I'm like, I don't know. And so they said, you've got you've to step forward. You've got to just say yes or no. And I was like, I'll, I'll do it. Kept telling him, I'll do it if you can guarantee me enough money to live off of. I wasn't asking for a big amount. I was asking for enough to pay my bills. Um, 
and I'll do it if you can guarantee that. And they were all like, you know how this works. You know, you've already been in ministry for probably 25 years before this. And so I heard God one night say, um, do you recall when I let you go to Israel and you saw the Jordan River? And do you remember the lesson that you had to jump in the river and get wet feet before I parted it? Do you remember that? Yes, sir. Do you remember the story of the Red Sea? It wasn't parted when they walked up. You stepped in it and then it parted. Yeah, I got that deal. That was bad. That was all the Egyptians or whatever. Yeah, the Moses or Abraham, whichever one. Yes, sir. And he said, do you remember the night that you sat with me on a dock at the actual Sea of Galilee, put your stinking feet in the water, put your hands in the water, and at one point put your feet on the water and felt what it would feel like to walk on the water? And I'd kind of forgotten that. And I said, yes, sir, I do recall that. And he said, you teach this, you've taught this stuff for 20 years, get out of the boat. <laughs> That's how he talks Amen. to me. <laughs> he does. You know, all day he's like, for the love of myself. Okay. <laughs> so, right before he, he, he doesn't actually yell, get out of the boat, he's giving me all these memories. And then um, he reminded me of one of the places we went that was Caesarea Philippi, and where he's speaking to Peter. He says, Peter, on this place, I'm going to build my church. And he says, and he turns, Jesus turns to all the disciples and says, who do you say that I am? Yes, it was a perfectly timed cough. Thank you. <laughs> and I heard Jesus say, you know all this stuff. You teach all this stuff all day long, all the tidbits and facts, and people can think you're smart or not. You need to answer me this. Who do you say that I am? And it was like I had to come face to face with Jesus to be like, okay, no, I'm in. I got you. I'm in. I'm in. So I called that next morning or that night or whatever it was, and I was like, hey, um, he's on me. I'm going to need to jump on this fast. So I said, I'm in. Uh, maybe a week later, we're still at the very beginning of December. This is all happening within two, three weeks. Um, lots of stuff happening behind my back that I didn't know about, good things. And um, in the middle of it, trying to figure out how to balance people that were angry about the situation because I wasn't ever angry about the situation. I was hurt, I was anxious, but I saw, and it's easy for me to remember this looking back on it now, but I saw that God was doing this. Nobody's getting credit for this deal. God was doing that dog and saying, okay, that's good, You're not, that's not working out, we're gonna go up here. Um, so, that night, oh, right before I, uh, Right before I call and say, okay, I'm doing it, um, I go to Twitter again, or I don't know, maybe it's Instagram, whatever. But Bob Goff drops this one on me. Who <laughs> really liked until then. He says, sometimes God is confidently quiet. He doesn't give us more explanations. Mm. He knows we don't need one more word of instruction. <laughs> the moment we take even a tiny shuffle forward, what God is already thinking is this. I love you. Amen. You've got this. Amen. You already know enough. Amen. Quote Bob Goff. <clears throat> so, Linda, everybody, I'm in. Let's do this. Go to happy hour about a week 
later with Carrie, Tommy, and my parents, and Michael Crocker, and within about it's December-ish time, and it's chilly, and I look up, and there are two to three hundred people of all ages walking around the corner. We were sitting out on the country club lawn, and people start piling in all ages. Drew Boynton in the front. Caledonia was flipping there. <laughs> Little children, old children, people I hadn't seen in so many years. It was one of the most overwhelming moments in my entire life. They were singing, we wish you a Merry Christmas, which normally I'd be like, it was so overwhelming because as I stood in front of them, I heard God say, that decision that happened doesn't define you. That decision that was made does not take your rock. I gave you that rock. Nobody takes that rock from you. Amen. No one defines you but me. And as I looked across at those faces of people that I absolutely adore, all my godchildren except for two that were even living here at the time were all there. I mean, it was, God said, I'm giving you a picture of a glimpse of how much I love you, but this isn't just about you. I want all of them to see how much I love this community. I haven't forgotten you. I know all the churches around here at the time are in weird transitional phases. You're my kids. You're my sheep. I am your shepherd. And I have given each and every one of you a stone. And no one takes that. No matter what you're dealing with today or tomorrow or next year or 10 years ago. No one takes your stone away. Amen. I'm telling you the story not to tell you how great I am. I'm telling you the story to tell you how great our God is. And how faithful he is. And how he shows up exactly when, not one minute late, not one minute early. <laughs> Come, on. Come on. What does this have to do with y'all? I knew my stone. My stone was humor always. I never thought it was going to be anything other than class clown and I'll be Caledonia and make everybody laugh. And <laughs> God used the flip side of that is, guess what? <laughs> If you use it with me to honor me, we're going to go into situations that you're going to bring a little calm into some chaos. You're going to bring a little levity into some places that there is no levity. And it wasn't about me. It's about him because I'm craving his image. Many of you have similar gifts. I will say nobody has the same gift that I've come across. People have very similar gifts, but never the same. So today, I want you guys to know that you have a stone in your pocket. And I don't know what it is. That's between you and God. Some of you will sit there immediately and be like, oh, that's it. Some of you are sitting there saying, oh, that's it. No, that can't be it. Chances are that's probably it. David, little David, did not walk around herding sheep thinking, oh, throwing my stone. He was at work. He was taking the dum-dums from falling off the cliff. He was doing what he did all day, every day. And then he partnered with God, and guess what? Mm -hmm. Suck it, Goliath. Yeah. 
That's what it says in the, one of the chapters. It's a, I haven't released that yet. I'm going to do it since. What about Eugene Peterson? Can we just oh, please? I mean, awesome. come on, what a great guy. Now, I do have a picture on here. I'll show you all. Um, I'll show you in a minute. It's him. He went, on a, he went with Ray to study, Ray Vandalon in Israel in 1999. Mm. I think with Dave McNitsky, and I know with Lois Tavoberg and several people, but it's a picture of him actually standing, I mean, he's sitting right behind Ray and he's learning about the stones. Mm. That's cool. And I just found it last night. Um, all right, now I'm going to have to find it. I'm not, I'm not, this could derail everything. Yep, it's going to. All right, that's for later if you want to see it. If you have any kind of interest, call me back. All right, how do we figure out your stones? Um, we're supposed to do, Casey and Carrie and I like to do this activation at the end of these things, which you really, do y'all, does anybody remember ISIS, Mighty ISIS? Seriously? Thank you, Carrie. Thank you. Wonder Twin Power? Yes, and the Wonder Twin Power. So every time they do like, let's do an activation, I'm always like, Wonder Twin Power, Mighty ISIS, activate. So I don't really know what's going on with y'all's activation, but... Here's a little project we're going to do. I want to mighty ISIS activate. I want y'all, when you leave, to, if you don't know, or even if you think you do, ask for a confirmation. Jesus, show me what my stone is. And clear my mind when I tell you, nah, that can't be it. Because chances are that's it. And I would, I didn't personally know David from the Bible back in the day. But I'm guessing if someone would have said, oh, yeah, your stones, your, your gift from God or your, what you're good at partnering with God is, is the way you throw your stones. I don't know that he would have been like, I know, right? You should see that. Oh, knock that sheep right off. <laughs> so I want you to ask Jesus, what is your stone? And I want you to ask him where to throw it. As a matter of fact, let's activate right now. We're just going to do this for 30 seconds. So those of you that freak out in the silence, like, hey. Okay, so close your eyes. Activation. I feel like there should be a song. There's a song. Right? And you're like, boom, boom, boom. Okay, so close your eyes with me. I'm going to pray, and we'll do this in the prayer. It's a devil. We'll activate in prayer. How about that? That's probably, like, super duper, like. God, thank you for this time, for this day. I thank you, Jesus, that each of us have a stone to throw. I thank you that you love us so much that you will not leave us in a place where we do not belong or in a place where we cannot throw our stone. You won't allow it. There's no shadow you won't light up. There's no mountain you won't climb up. You are coming after us. There's no wall you won't kick down. And there is no lie you won't tear down. Because you're coming after us. Please give us the opportunity today to throw our stone in your name so that the world may know that you are the living God. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. That's all I said. Anybody need prayer? Anybody need prayer? They can come up here. Oh, there's more activating. No. Anybody need prayer? Does anybody need prayer? Come up here afterwards. Come on up. Pray with you. There'll be prayer people up here. Activate your whatever your problem is. Activate it on out here. Uh, if anybody has any questions, comments, rebuttal on any of that, come to your lunch. Email that was amazing at the end.
Thank you for your support. Yeah.